Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, the little show that brings good trouble to the right wing bubble. Hey, we are going to wrap up the week, make sense of the week, uh, break down today's news, and we have uh, some very special guests to do it with. We're going to be joined tonight by uh, a number of special guests, Jackie Schechner. VP of Media Relations at uh, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, which is a global nonprofit organization. They provide medicine and advocacy to over a million people in 45 countries. You've seen Jackie on CNN and Current TV and, of course, the Stephanie Miller Show and this show as well. We're really thrilled to have her back to cover headlines. Also, a terrific panel of friends of ours. Uh, Jody Hamilton will be back on the show. I was up at 6 o'clock this morning to go do Stephanie Miller with her, so i uh, bookend my day with uh, the lovely Miss Jody, comedian Leah McEnany returns, and joining our panel is actor Amanda Wiss, who I've been a huge fan of, both in movies and in social media. Uh, if you don't know Amanda Wiss, you, you probably do if you ever saw any films in the 80s, because she was in everything. Chris, am I exaggerating? She was in everything. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Nightmare on Elm Street. She was the woman that, that, that John Cusack was obsessed with and better off dead. I'm going to tell Cusack we got Amanda on the show before he did it because he's been promising. She was the woman in Silverado that Costner was uh, in love with. And she was on Cheers and Cagney and Lacey. Just an incredible career. Very happy. And she's dynamite on with politics on social media. So we're really glad to have her joining us. It's been a crazy week. And I want to thank everyone here at SiriusXM and specifically the SiriusXM uh, team on the West Coast for letting us do our show in L.A. whenever we're in L.A. for the past several years since we launched the show back in the late 60s they've they've let us do the show wherever we are and thank you russ for renting the boards thank you chris and thea for keeping the show on the tracks back on the east coast and thank you guys for uh putting up with our globe trotting ways all right as of now we're looking at the calendar the republican national convention begins next july 15th the classified documents stolen by trump at mar-a-lago trial begins may 20th the New York State criminal hush money suit, <laughs> that one, that's in March. Um, and we're also going to have in March the pyramid scheme class action suit. January 29th, we'll see that. And then uh, the E. Jean Carroll defamation suit is going to be on the 15th of January. And now, maybe, just maybe, a brand new trial on the 2nd of January. And don't forget the Trump Organization civil fraud suit. Yeah, that one, October 2nd. It's going to be a very busy couple of months. Hey, today is the 70th birthday of Hulk Hogan. Yes, Hulk Hogan, America's champion, is 70 years old, although I'm pretty sure parts of him 
are younger. A lot of news going on today. We want to know your take on it all. The federal judge overseeing the case involving Trump's alleged efforts to steal the 2020 election. And by alleged, we mean he fucking did it on camera. She agreed today to the defense's proposal for a more limited scope of the protective order but argued that Trump's right to free speech is not absolute, which gave Trump something he can whine about (laughs) and set a trap. Judge Stutkin said without a protective order, quote, a party could release information that could taint the jury pool, intimidate witnesses or others involved in some aspect of the case. See, what's happening here is that Donald Trump is about to learn details about his case. But when he learns these details about who testified what about him, he will not be allowed to have a public tantrum and reveal any of it. Not on filth social postings and not in his little clan rallies. He can't do a thing about it. And his lawyers all know this is a trap for somebody who has zero impulse control. So that's what this order is all about. The order is a clown in a dirty van offering Trump candy. And he cannot help but climb in. Enjoy. So much going on in the news that we have to get to. Obviously, our thoughts are with our friends in Hawaii. It is just awful, folks. The death toll from the Lahaina wildfire continues to rise. It's over 60 now. Emergency crews are searching West Maui for nearly a thousand residents who still have not been accounted for. I was there two years ago, and it's just unimaginable. If you see the footage, it looks like a bomb went off and destroyed an entire town. The uh, crypto guy, fraud artist Sam Bankman-Fried was ordered back to jail after a judge revoked his bail agreement. What a shock he couldn't play by the rules. Um, School administrators in Louisville, Kentucky, are hoping to have kids back in school next Wednesday after their revamped school busing map created travel nightmares for thousands of kids, some not getting home until 10 o'clock at night. And, well... Both Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence got heckled brutally during their campaign tours in Iowa. We'll play you some of that in the next hour. It's like porn for the angels. We're at 866-997-4748. Hello to our evil army of the night. We'd love to hear from y'all live. And if you're someone who likes to listen, not you're too shy to call in. Maybe tonight's your night. Let us know how you feel about the week we all just got through. Hello to our our daywalkers, everyone listening on demand on the Fugal Sang podcast on the SiriusXM app. We'd love to hear from you. We really do appreciate your texts and your emails and your letters to our Facebook page. And thanks for all the great comments about our L.A. shows. It's nice to be doing this show in a room with other people and and not just Thea behind the glass where we're all scared that someone's going to break into an empty, shining hotel like suite. And it's also nice to do our show when there's still daylight. Who, who, who knew you could do that out here? All right. Now, for the last year. Our Republican friends have been calling for a special prosecutor to investigate Hunter Biden. We've heard a lot. Or a special counsel. We got, we need it. They wrote a letter. They demanded a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden. Because if you're not paying attention, you don't know this, but Hunter Biden is the most important thing that's ever happened to your life. And whether his dad ever called him on speakerphone impacts your future and your children's future. The party that really cares about corruption and governmental figures and their offspring really wants you to know they're keeping you safe from Hunter Biden. Now, David Weiss, federal prosecutor, was appointed by Donald Trump to investigate Hunter Biden, and he's been doing it for five years. A month ago, it looked like the probe of all of Hunter's international business deals was wrapped up. Now it's ongoing and it has escalated. Now, you got to remember about Hunter Biden one thing. He made $640 million while he was working for his father's administration. And then he got another $2 billion from the people who were behind 9-11. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. That's Trump's kids. Ooh, crap. I, I mixed them up. 
Sorry, I have nepotism Tourette's, and so I tend to talk about people's uh, scurvy business dealings of their underlings, children a little, I, I confuse them. Okay, so it was actually Jared Ivanka that made all that money while working in the White House. Hunter Biden never worked in the White House. He had a plea deal over tax and gun crimes, and it's dead as disco, my friends. Federal prosecutors in Delaware confirmed that today because the court hearing on the matter this week just devolved into chaos. And a lot of our right-wing friends thought they had scored a big W here. You know, they didn't like the deal. They didn't like the deal Hunter Biden was getting, and they made noise about it. And it looks like they fucked around, and now they're finding out. See, Hunter showed up in court last month, and he was going to formalize the deal. He would have pled guilty to two misdemeanor charges, failure to pay income tax, uh, in exchange for avoiding present time, and he's going to get the gun charge dropped. He agreed in June to plead guilty to not paying his taxes in 2017 and 2018, had him dead to rights. He was all set to come in, say, I'm guilty, I'm sorry, pay his fine, and then it's done. But of course, the deal fell apart officially because the two sides couldn't agree on whether it guaranteed the end of the investigation. Original deal had probation for the guilty plea to the tax misdemeanors and a diversionary agreement on the gun-related felony for owning a weapon while using drugs, which he did because the NRA wants to make sure that everyone, including drug addicts, have easy access to military-style hardware. It's freedom. But a judge didn't like some of the provisions in the deal. You know, Biden's lawyers thought, okay, the deal's going to give Hunter immunity from any future prosecution. And the feds were like, no, we're not really sure. The real reason why is because Fox News flipped out and cried holy murder because Hunter was only going to get probation. And that wasn't good enough for them. We came this close to wrapping up the legal problems. They could have had Joe Biden's son pleading guilty. It wouldn't have been a substantial penalty. Wouldn't have been humiliating for Hunter. So it wasn't good enough. They could have had a guilty plea. Now they're going to get a trial. And suddenly they feel a bit different in Republican land. I mean, again, Hunter Biden had a great chance to avoid jail time for any charges the government could bring against him. That may be gone now, but I'm not upset. And you shouldn't be either. Because I don't care if Hunter Biden goes to jail. Do you? Don't you think that people who break the law should be held accountable, regardless of who their parents are? Maybe you only feel that about folks you agree with on issues, but if you're listening to this channel, I don't think you do. One thing I'll say about the Democrats, they are not shy about throwing their own overboard when there has been some kind of impropriety. We could talk about Elliot Spitzer. We could talk about Al Franken. We could talk about, my God, Anthony Weiner, the biggest sex scandal with absolutely no sex. If Anthony Weiner had just had a goddamn mistress like every other congressman, he'd still be in D.C. But today, well, today, there was such an outcry saying we need a fiercer prosecution of Hunter Biden. I'm glad this deal broke apart. Lock him up. So today, Merrick Garland announced the prosecutor who has spent years investigating Hunter Biden, David Weiss, appointed by Donald Trump. That's a little bit relevant here, is now going to have even more authority and more independence to investigate a sitting president's son. Something that wasn't done by the feds when Donald Trump's corrupt children were running around. Now, last September, 33 Republican senators demanded that David Weiss be made special counsel to take the politics out of the Hunter Biden investigation. I'm looking at the letter right now. Dear Attorney General Garland, we, the undersigned, write to request that the United States Attorney David C. Weiss be extended special counsel protections and authorities to conduct the Hunter Biden investigation. And it's signed by Cornyn and Grassley and McConnell and Joni Ernst, 33 Republican senators demanding... David Weiss being made a special counsel. Today, David Weiss was made special counsel, and now those 33 Republican senators, they don't want it so much. 
Attorney General Garland said Weiss told him the investigation had reached the stage where the powers of a special counsel were necessary. Here's Merrick Garland at his press conference today announcing the appointment of a special counsel to really, for real, go after Hunter Biden this time. I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel, consistent with the Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. In keeping with those regulations, I have today notified the designated members of each House of Congress of the appointment. In February 2018, after being nominated by the former president and confirmed by the Senate, Mr. Weiss was sworn in as the United States Attorney for the District of Delaware. Mr. Weiss had been a career prosecutor, having served previously in the office for more than a decade. Beginning in 2019, Mr. Weiss, in his capacity as U.S. Attorney, and along with federal law enforcement partners, began investigating allegations of certain criminal conduct by, among others, Robert Hunter Biden. That investigation has been recently referenced in federal criminal proceedings in the District of Delaware, and as noted in those proceedings and other public statements by Mr. Weiss's office, that investigation remains ongoing. Weiss also revealed in a court filing the government believes the case will not resolve short of a trial. Now, this gives Weiss, as I said, a lot of leeway to investigate and bring charges. And it means that Weiss is going to have to produce a report on his very high-profile investigation into the president's son. And Merrick Garland said he'll make that report as much of it public as possible. He's the third special counsel appointed in our country in the last year. Jack Smith and Robert Hur are looking into the classified documents business. So Hunter Biden, a private citizen, gets a federal special counsel for a minor tax issue. Jared Kushner... Uh, was given $2 billion by the people who pulled off 9-11, and he and Donald Trump's daughter made $640 million while working in the White House without proper security clearance, and they are off what we call the goddamn hook. Now, probably Weiss is going to file what? Felony tax charges? But here's the deal. Whoever Hunter Biden's lawyers are, they're going to have a lot of fun when we get to the discovery phase of this trial. We don't know what he's investigating. I mean, it could be Hunter Biden faces a trial on tax and gun charges that he had the plea deal with for misdemeanor tax and gun charges. Here, getting ahead of the inevitable whining and complaining from the right, Merrick Garland affirms the openness and transparency of the special counsel's findings. As special counsel, he will continue to have the authority and responsibility that he has previously exercised to oversee the investigation and decide where, when, and whether to file charges. The special counsel will not be subject to the day-to-day supervision of any official of the department but he must comply with the regulations, procedures, and policies of the department. Consistent with the special counsel regulations, at the conclusion of Mr. Weiss's work, he will provide me with a report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions reached by him. As with each special counsel who has served since I have taken office, I am committed to making as much of his report public as possible, consistent with legal requirements and department policy. Today's announcement affords the prosecutors, agents, and analysts working on this matter the ability to proceed with their work expeditiously and to make decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. The men and women undertaking this investigation are public servants who have dedicated their careers to protecting the citizens of this country. The appointment of Mr. Weiss reinforces for the American people 
the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. Okay, now Republicans are furious about this now that Merrick Garland has finally done what they asked for in a letter last September. Because it pretty much kills the GOP's claim that Biden is interfering with the DOJ. And it also destroys all the conspiracy theories we've heard from Jim Jordan and and Jim Comer about how Weiss has been blocked from having special counsel status. That's a big lie you've heard on Fox News. Why won't won't Merrick Garland make him special counsel? He's taking away all their bullshit arguments. He's saying, "Okay, assholes, let's do exactly what you want. This also takes away one of Donald Trump's favorite talking points about how he is being unfairly targeted by the DOJ. And that's what's really driving it. This is taking so much fire away because they're investigating a sitting president's son over a couple of misdemeanors while Donald Trump is being investigated for violating the Espionage Act. Chuck Grassley was very angry. He tweeted, Weiss negotiated sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden. He pulled punches, didn't investigate as he should have. So what did he do with the 1023? He had three years. This guy asked Merrick Garland to make David Weiss special counsel last September. Today he got it. And now he's angry. Weiss was appointed by Donald Trump. They should be happy, right? As special counsel, he's going to have more power than any congressional investigation could have to destroy Hunter Biden's life, to humiliate an addict who fucked up his life and is trying to get back on track. And of course, we have to humiliate that drug addict because we have to hurt Joe Biden because we need to smear Joe Biden because we have nothing to offer the stupid heterosexual white people who still vote for the party. It's not the party of Lincoln. It's not even the party of fucking quail. So we need to have this because we don't give a fuck what Hunter Biden did. They don't. They don't care about abortion either. If they cared about abortion, they would want to have birth control made more accessible. If they cared about abortion, they would want to have sex ed in schools. They don't care. They only care how much they can make white people agitated enough to show up and vote for their shitty policies. That's it. Umbridge is the only platform they've got. And now they're losing their minds because the guy they wanted to be named special counsel was named special counsel. And it's going to take away so much of the bullshit they have been coasting on for the last year. Statement from Trump's spokesperson, Crooked Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and the entire Biden crime family have been protected by the Justice Department for decades. And even though there is overwhelming evidence, incredible testimony and detailing their wrongdoing of lying to the American people and selling out the country to foreign enemies for the Biden cartel's financial gain. Prince Mohammed bin Salman chopped up a resident U.S. journalist while he was still alive. Trump helped cover it up. Salman gave Trump's son-in-law two billion dollars. That's the fact. Now, Jessica Tarlov is that liberal on the five. Listen to this. She tries to get out a number of points about David Weiss's appointment. I won't play the whole thing, but just give a listen to this. How, as she correctly mentions that you Republicans begged for this, her fellow Republicans won't stop screaming over her. Right. The expectation was there was a plea deal. We're going to move forward. Yes. And he should have his day in court and all of that. But I think any day especially when you think you're heading into the weekend and you find out that you have a special counsel is probably not a fantastic day. But the other, the good thing, I guess, is it seems like it's going to be a good day for justice and that he's going to be fully investigated. It seems to me that David Weiss wanted this now because he wants to be able to charge him in California and in D.C., which he wouldn't have been able to do as a special prosecutor. Uh-huh. Um, but the Republicans, yet again, are being incredibly craven. Um, 
and contradicting themselves. 33 Senate Republicans signed a letter saying we need a special counsel. Half of the GOP conference signed a letter saying we need a special counsel. But not the and same now, guy. It, <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point. It That's isn't what? actually the whole point. There would be a problem with anyone except for, I don't know, John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani if they were the special counsel. David Weiss David is a Weiss Trump lied. appointed. David Here's Judge Weiss Janine with her box wine. Can I finish? He lied to Jim Jordan when he said uh, he had all the power no. he needed. Because no, we know didn't. from an October 2022 meeting with the FBI, the IRS, and then a contemporaneously made business record that he said he wasn't given permission to prosecute no. the other jurisdictions. First of all, that came a from lie. a whistleblower who was right. not in the room when that happened. Oh, no, it no, isn't no, no. a lie. He was David, in the room. David Weiss you know confirmed. Not a lie? Wait, well, it's not a lie. You know, it's not a lie let, that you're let, cutting let me, me say, off. Let me say this. You know, it's not a lie. Point they can't let her talk. Go ahead. Oh, that's very generous of you. Thank you. David Weiss hasn't lied, and Merrick Garland confirmed it today, saying he had all the powers that he asked for. I would have made him a special counsel, but he did not ask me. So obviously something <laughs> so changed. So if he didn't ask, so, then yeah. he wasn't interested in and, getting justice. And, and, and so Jessica, true. you said this. Okay, this is not bad news for Democrats or liberals or non-Trump people. I mean, just consider what would have happened if Merrick Garland had said no to this. Imagine the field day the Republican Party would have had saying Biden's politicized DOJ, blah, 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 blah. If the Republicans are this angry about it, guys, it's, it's probably not a bad thing. I, I hate to say it, but that's sort of what I've come to expect. On the surface, it might look like it's bad for Biden, but that's the point. They want it to look like it's bad for Biden. The DOJ is going out of the way to have a special counsel for a couple of misdemeanor charges to broadcast their objectivity to the world and to say, no, we can act independently. We're not going to single out just the former president. We'll go after this guy's kid as well. And Republicans will freak out about it because it takes away their claim that bias is why we have to impeach Joe Biden. Now, what are they going to do? They've got to wait for an investigative report. Republicans have no basis to say that Merrick Garland is influencing this probe because Garland's going to have to report to Congress what happens. Or if he says to Weiss, no, you can't indict Hunter Biden. And if there are any crimes that were committed and if there's any evidence to get a conviction, then Hunter Biden should be prosecuted, and if found guilty, he should be sent to jail. Don't you agree, non-cult members? Don't you agree, Democrats and liberals and progressives and moderates and just plain anti-evil people who aren't in a cult of unmanly obedience? Don't you think that if crimes were committed, there should be accountability? See, that's the thing. Go ahead and give them a special counsel for a minor tax issue. We don't care. We're not in a cult. No one is attached to Hunter Biden's future. Lock him up if he deserves it. But Jared Kushner, grifting billions from the Middle East, and Ivanka, who made $640 million while working in your White House, are off the hook. You're not going to hear Joe Biden calling this a witch hunt. He's not going to whine about it. No. Say what you want about Joe Biden. He wasn't trying to hide any of this. He's not trying to cover any of it up. And you will not hear anybody on the left screaming or moaning <laughs> because, again, when it comes to corruption, it's just like when it comes to me, too. Democrats eject them. Republicans reelect them. Bring it on. Let justice come down. If Hunter's guilty, I'll be the first one saying lock him up. <laughs> but he's not. They've just called the bullshit bluff of the GOP. At this point, Hunter Biden is just like the Ground Zero Mosque or Hillary's emails or Benghazi. Something Republicans don't care about that they will exploit to deceive gullible white people. 
We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back with the great Jackie Schechner and your calls. This is Progress After Dark. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. This is Sirius XM Progress. Welcome to it. I'm John saying We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Happy 50th birthday to hip-hop. I was born at a back-to-school jam birthday party in the Bronx on this date, 1973. The party was hosted by Clive Campbell, better known as DJ Cool Herc. Uh, Fox News is going to be having a huge uh, celebration of the 50-year anniversary <laughs> of hip-hop tonight with Laura Ingram and uh, Jesse Waters and Sean Hannity all co-anchoring. They're the same lineup for Diversity Day at Fox, too, those three. So, yeah, tune into that. Right now, I could not be more excited. I mean, last night we had Ron, we had Ron Perlman sitting in the chair, but tonight I, I'm even more excited because Jackie Schechner is back on the show. Ms. Schechter has worn many hats and has been an icon to many of us over the years uh, for her work on CNN or current TV, even the Stephanie Miller show, which I think was part of a prison work release. Jackie <laughs> Schechter is best known now as VP of Media Relations at AIDS Healthcare Foundation. The LA-based AIDS Healthcare Foundation is a global nonprofit org providing cutting-edge medicine and advocacy to over 1,700,000 people in 45 countries. They are currently the largest provider of HIV-AIDS medical care in the world. Jackie Schechner, I'm so tired of you being so much better than me. Welcome back. Stop it. Thank you for having me. It's Thanks good to see you. For, thank you for coming. Welcome back. back to LA for an extended period of time. So nice. How did we how did we get you here? Uh Charmian won 
booked to move back and Ooh. I compromised by coming back for five weeks. <laughs> so just trying to, you know, live here and pretend we're having a summer. I love it. Yeah. We're having a nice time out here. It's not too hot, which is nice. No, I listen, I love New York. It's where I'm from, but I lived here for a dozen years and I, I kind of like working out here when, you know, we can have people come to the studio and it's not just me and Thea trapped in a dark tower at midnight <laughs> with a little kid from The Shining riding a big wheel through the empty hallways. I like this progress after dark thing. I feel like it makes Thank me you. Jackie after You are Jackie after dark. But last time you were here, yes, we were talking about uh, the We the People yes. that was going on. You guys are doing so much stuff, and and I'm, I mean, I want, I, I love having you on the show to talk about politics to begin with. But like, for those of us who grow up in the culture of AIDS yeah. and the dawn of AIDS activism, which I yeah. think has been the greatest example of citizens leading. A culture in my lifetime. I wasn't around for civil rights, but we can go straight from AIDS activism to marriage equality in a straight line. Uh, the swiftest advancement of civil rights for any group in history. And it's amazing. The work that you're doing is so focused on the fact that it's still not over. No, it's not over. But at the same time, your work... By targeting people living with HIV, you're actually helping lots of people. We're trying to, for sure. I mean, one of the biggest challenges we have now is not just getting people into care, but keeping people in care. Uh, because what we're trying to do is once you're undetectable, you're untransmittable. And that's the way that we're going to end this epidemic. I mean, if we get a vaccine, great. If we get some sort of cure, even better. But in the meantime, we know that we have the treatments to get people to an undetectable level. And if that's the case, then they can't spread it anymore. Yeah. So that's what we're aiming for. And it's getting people into care and then keeping them in care. And one of the things that, that AHF does um, that I think is so special is that we do free testing all the time. And any of the out-of-the-closet thrift shops, you can get free testing. You can go to any of our wellness centers and get free testing, our mobile testing units do free testing uh, and it's quick and it's easy and you can find out your status uh, within five minutes. Um, but what we do is when somebody tests positive for HIV, we immediately connect them to a linkage counselor and that person walks them through the process of what happens next. Uh, and that shortens the time of the emotional impact, obviously, because once somebody has a game plan, uh, it, it helps them feel a lot better of kind of what the next steps are going to be. It's, they're not left in this emotional void of what happens now. Yeah. And the linkage counselor not only gets them connected to care, but they go with them to their first couple of appointments and they stay on top of their progress and they make sure that they're continuing to get the care that they need along the way. And if somebody happens to fall out of care for some reason, we have a back in care program where we'll do the outreach that we need to try to get people back into care. So it's following somebody through the process with the effort uh, being made to not just find out who is living with HIV, but how to keep them living with HIV and then get that level down down to undetectable. So that's really what the mission is at this point uh, until we can get a vaccine or some sort of cure. This is the way that we're going to end this it's epidemic. It's amazing. I mean, my, my best friend was diagnosed when we were in our late teens mm -hmm. and um, and he's not here anymore. And, and at the time it was um, a death sentence. We just knew it was a matter of time. We live in a different world now where people can see Magic Johnson living with HIV for 30 plus years, where we can see commercials for prep yeah. during the evening news commercials, which yeah. is astonishing. When people find out, there must be, as you said, some kind of emotional reaction. But it's not the same, right? I mean, most people I mean, now it used know to be that a death it's not sentence. a Most people know it's yeah. not a death it's sentence. It's not a death today. sentence, which, again, is a double-edged sword. In the, because, I'm sorry. In the first world, it's not a yes, death sentence. Yes, that's true. Um but I think it's a double-edged sword in that people just assume that it's not a problem anymore. 
Yes. I mean, we have twice a year. We have uh, we have the Florida AIDS Walk, uh, and then we have AIDS Walk Atlanta, which are two fundraising events that we do uh, again Florida. And we had Flo Rida this year in Florida, and he put on an amazing show. It was really fun. Actually, a fun moment from that show is I had to recharge my phone because I was taking video and pictures, and I had to go find a place to recharge my phone. And I I was walking back towards the concert, and I said to a, a coworker of mine who was walking in the opposite direction, "Is he done?" And she said, oh, no, he has so many songs. (laughs) And I think you don't realize how many hits he had. Um, But we've got A's Walk Atlanta coming up at the end of September. Uh, We've got Ashanti and Maya. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And Shanti's we, done this show. She's my boo. Oh, yeah. No, yes. it's a lot. I will tell her you say hello. Please, I'm sure she'll ask about me. But it's going to be a really fun weekend. We've got um, we've got a uh, the opening of our new uh, Aid Atlanta facility and a new Out of the Closet is opening oh, uh, no in Atlanta. Yes. When and is the, when is, uh, the this AIDS is Walk September Atlanta? 23rd. Okay. Uh, and then on the 24th, so that's a Saturday. And you can uh, sign up online at AIDSWalkAtlanta.org. And then on that Sunday, we're going to do our next We the People activation. And that's going to be uh, the opportunity for people in the Atlanta area who didn't come to Florida to participate in the uh, big We the People march that we had there to stand up against all the hateful legislation that's passing across the And country. just for those who, who, who don't know, who weren't here the last yes. time, what was the We the People activation all about? Because so, I love that you did it, and it's something that I think has to be done uh, in every state. Yeah, I mean, so look, I mean, we, we know what's happening in Florida with, with Ron DeSantis uh, and how we get more and more restrictive, hateful legislation <laughs> it seems almost every day now. Um, the latest <laughs> it's really extraordinary. Um, but we are seeing this kind of hateful legislation popping up um, a little more quietly all across the country. And we're not, we weren't seeing, we're seeing organizations speak out, but not with a big collective progressive voice, right. which is speaking out against what feels like a not so, so slow walk towards authoritarianism at this point. Um, and so the idea was, let's put together a coalition of partners uh, who may have different first priorities, right? There may be an organization that's based on reproductive rights or an organization that's fighting um, uh, specifically for uh, transgender rights or or an organization that's fighting. I mean, there's all all different organizations, but the idea was let's put uh, all of these organizations together uh, and, and speak out collectively with one voice. And let's say enough, enough of the hate legislation. We're not going to sit quietly while this continues to happen. And so we ended up putting together this coalition, more than 70 partners. We had uh, more than a couple dozen celebrity ambassadors or high profile organizational leaders uh, come together in, in Fort Lauderdale. It was over July 4th weekend. Um, and and we had Debbie Allen, we had Dolores Huerta, the, wow. the iconic labor rights leader. Um, we had David Hogg join us. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, some uh, transgender activists like Gia Gunn, uh, nice. among others. And um, the idea was that we were going to all march together. We had a big rally, and then we were going to march together. And uh, about we were hoping that the weather would hold out because you never know in South. I grew up in Miami, uh, born and raised, and mm-hmm. as you know, in that's the sun, right. In the summertime, that's where I met your mom. That's right. <laughs> that sounds really sketchy. No, you brought her to a show once. <laughs> I did, yes. But that's how I might. There's a mom joke in there. <laughs> I met your mom in South Beach. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. Okay. But yes, we did come to your show. Uh, <laughs> she, well, she had seen your one-man show. Oh, that's right, yeah. And thought it was extraordinary. Uh, and then we were back again for the uh, stand-up show that look, we did. Look, I want you to appreciate how I how I hit on Jackie's mom by proxy. Uh, You're not the only I'm man. Impressed. You're not the only man who had hit on my mom. A very stunning woman, let me say. <laughs> yes, my mother is aging... I, I I get the good genes from my mom. Yeah, um, let me let me ask you about something. Um, oh, but let me just finish oh, real yeah, quickly. Finish, please. So we ended up getting the downpour 
The downpour that you get in South Florida in the summertime. And the thought was, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? We're going to lose all these people. And I will tell you, we had 4,200 people marching in the pouring rain. Uh, and they kept it up because it was such a, a powerful moment. And I think the highlight of it for at least for me and those who saw was 93 year old Dolores Huerta leading the march. That woman marched in the pouring rain, holding the banner for the We the People. And it was an extraordinary moment of leadership. It was a moment of activism. She is a not only an icon, but an inspiration. Um, and, and it really kind of energized that feeling of we have a voice, we have to use it. There are no excuses. So woke mind virus, you mean? Woke yeah, mind exactly. Virus? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, there's that woke mind virus. <laughs> Jackie, By I, the way, that panel you mentioned on Fox earlier, the hip hop panel, yeah, that's yeah. also the women's rights panel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. the transgender rights panel, yeah. too. Um, you know, the, the leading bash smear our friends on the right use against this state. Mm-hmm. And what they will use against Gavin Newsom when he runs for president in 2028 against Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. uh, is the homelessness. Yes. Never about how do we help these people. No. All about how do we smear you for allowing them to exist and not... I don't know what. I mean, like, there's there's never a Republican saying, we've got to help these homeless. No. Again, like any other tragedy, it's how can we exploit this, help no one, and get shitty white people to feel scared and vote for us. Uh, and, And you know how bad it's gotten. I mean, L.A. is... Not like it was 10 years ago. No. And out by the water, you know, I mean... It's it, everywhere. It was, I mean, you yeah. can see it It was everywhere. bad in Santa Monica 10 years ago. It, now it's a whole different level. Yeah. You cannot pass under a bridge or overpass in Los Angeles without seeing a homeless encampment. And and it's, it is evidence every day, I think, of, of how bad the problem's gotten yeah. and how much work we have to do. I mean, I was saying last night, I, I was walking by the Santa Monica Library and I saw 11 cops arresting one shirtless guy sitting on a bench and I just thought that's opioids and the Sackler family is counting mm-hmm. money and yeah. and so so you guys are actually doing something we are to actually give a model to the rest of the world about affordable housing for people who are struggling on the margins way beyond just the work for HIV, although that is the driving force. Well, Tell us about it, it. Initially, yeah, I mean, that's the idea. And people talk about like, you know, is it is it mission creep, right, for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation to be in housing? But no, because housing is a social determinant of health. And we started as the AIDS Hospice Foundation right on. because we saw that men were dying in the hallways of hospitals and no one was willing to touch them or help them. Uh, and so these hospices became homes. So we've been dealing with housing since our inception uh, in 1987. So it, it, it's not mission creep. It's mission extension. Um, But what we've done at AIDS Healthcare Foundation is we've purchased old buildings and done what we've called adaptive reuse, which is putting money into renovating these old properties and creating single room occupancy units that can house people at an affordable price. Um, So we take people and give them housing for anywhere between $400 and I think about $850 a month. Um, and the idea is housing first, right? Put a roof over. And we know that. So, yeah. Detroit has 19,000 homeless people and 78,000 abandoned buildings. Yeah. I mean, so it's turn right those, there. use adaptive reuse. And instead of instead of this build, build, build mentality, right, there's this idea like we just need to build more housing. Well, what's happening is we're building more luxury housing. Yes. We're building more high income earner housing. Yeah. <laughs> we're not building affordable housing. We're not building. And there's this this idea also in the in the build, build, build community that like you're going to build this beautiful new housing and it's just going to trickle down. Like somehow it's going to there's going to be more housing made affordable. Well, that's not what happens. What happens is you come in and you gentrify 
gentrify an area mm-hmm. and then you build more <laughs> expensive housing and you end up putting more and more people out of the communities that they grew up in. You put them out of the communities that they work in. You put them out of the areas that they've always called home and you end up with people not being able to make a living because they have to move out of the communities that they've known. You have to then double and triple up on the occupants of residencies because people can't afford to be in their homes anymore. The rents skyrocket uh, and and you you lean into the homelessness crisis, right? You make it worse. Um, So what you really need to do is take advantage of the stock that we have of these abandoned old buildings, reinvest in the communities by creating affordable housing in the buildings that already exist. It's not hard to do. It it takes some money and it takes commitment, but we've done it. It does. And we have 14 buildings now just in LA alone where we've done this, where we've gone in and we've renovated these buildings. And and I will say that that there has been some press about, um, because I don't I don't want to ignore this issue. There's been some press about the conditions of some of these buildings. And I will say that we have put millions of dollars into these buildings. I've done a tour of some of them. And the common areas, the the laundry rooms, the bathrooms, everything is in great, great condition. You cannot control what people do in their own rooms, right? These are their own yeah. these are their own living areas. And when you are taking people off the streets, sometimes their problems come with them. We are talking about the consensual victimless crime of drug addiction. Yes, yeah. drug addiction and sometimes there's mental illness. Yeah. Um and, and, and sometimes I mean there's nothing that, that you can do about that except to offer people Ref, uh, referrals, I references, but referrals yes. to services where they can get the kind of help that they need, whether it is drug addiction or whether it is mental illness or whatever it is that they happen to be dealing with. Um, but y- you have to accept that you're dealing with a population that has some issues. Yes. You um, can want them off the street yes. or you can not care about their problems, right. but you can't do both. You can't Exactly. And so the idea is this housing first model where we take people um, and give them an opportunity to get a roof over their heads. So Basic then, dignity. Basic right, well, dignity. Well, then they can address the problems. Like you can't address your problems when you're living on the street and, and you, you have no home. you can't get a job if you have no address. Exactly. Exactly. So housing first uh, and then, and, and, uh, and there's also complaints sometimes that we don't offer wraparound services. Um, but what we do is is help people find the services that they need that are being offered by other organizations. Um, so it's it's helping with the issue in the way that we can to then give people the next step, which is to get them access to services. So it it's all part of the larger process. But the, you know, my boss always says to people, like, "What are you doing? Like, when you, if you're gonna if you're gonna complain about the work that we're doing to get people off of the streets, like, show me what you're doing. Exactly. How are you putting people in housing? I'd love to see politicians care about solving the problem as much as AIDS Healthcare Foundation does. No, and I would say it takes us. Uh, we do. We get people off the streets for about a third of what it costs other organizations to do it, and government entities, for example. Um, and we do it in a fraction of the time. Um, so I, I think that people need to take a long, hard look at, at the work that's being done and the good that's being done. It's good for public health. It's good for public yeah. safety, and it's good for capitalism. It is. It is very much so in terms of of getting people uh, with a roof over their heads and and giving them back some dignity um, and giving them the opportunity to to make changes uh, if they're able to do so. Um, and I and I think too, people like to be able to pay for their services and, and, and or pay for their housing rather. You yeah. know, like people don't necessarily want handouts. People want yeah. to be able to earn a living, to be able to live with dignity. There is there is dignity in work yeah. um, and the opportunity to do that. And so, if people who can want that chance to do it, I, I think there's a real misconception 
notion that everybody who's living on the streets is somehow there by choice. You know, not by choice, but some choice that they've made in their life. Of course. Uh, and, and unfortunately, you that's sinned not in the some case. way, and exactly. so you inherently, on some level, deserve, deserve your squalor. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, and, and so we we're doing what we can to help. And I and I did ask. I think I said this last time I was in here. You know, I did ask when I joined. I've been at AHF now for about six months, and and I did ask like, why housing. You know, when I was interviewing for the job, and I said it, it it seems like you're asking for trouble, right? Like you're going into something that. And what Michael had said to me, Michael Weinstein, who's the the president and co-founder, had said to me is that for him it's the same humanitarian crisis as watching men die in the hallways of hospitals in the Boom. 80s. And that that was it. That's all I needed to know. Can you stick around? We have to take a break. But I, I want to also drag down your soul and talk about some modern political stuff. Uh, too. Do you miss, how much do you miss talking about Trump? How much do you miss talking about Trump? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls and the great Jackie Schechner. This is 866-997-4748. We'll be right back. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm Fugelsang. We're at 866-997-4748. 61 years ago today, Tony Bennett released Once Upon a Time. <gasps> the B-side was I Left My Heart in San Francisco. And Bob Dylan's version of Once Upon a Time is still better. Motown introduced <laughs> the Jackson 5 on this date in 1969. <clears throat> Hip-hop was born this date in 1973. Be sure to catch the Jesse Waters Fox News tribute to hip-hop tonight. Um, no. Uh, Dangerous <laughs> Minds came out. As we said, 28 years ago, I'm sorry, it's the 102nd birthday of Alex Haley. Happy birthday, David Brooks, David Henry Huang. Hulk Hogan is 70. A happy birthday, M. Beth Davids, who always deserved an Oscar nomination for Schindler's List. Happy birthday, Viola Davis and Joe Rogan and Sophie Okonedo and Chris Hemsworth is 40 today. He is one of the Hemsworths. <laughs> now you know. I'm John Fugelsang. We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT is our number. It's now time for the ADD Hour, where we bring some of our favorite people on the air and um, pretend to be experts. And it's a <laughs> lot of fun. You're invited. 866 You know the number. Uh, bachelorette number one is with us. Jody Hamilton is the executive producer of The Stephanie Miller Show. And I know that because I got up at what the fuck o'clock to drive there in the dark this morning and sit it next to her. It wasn't even as early as I did. And an alcoholic haze. What time do you get up now? Uh, this morning, the cats woke me up at one thirty. That's not morning. So I got <laughs> in the a.m. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I actually uh, crawled out of bed at two thirty in the a.m. this morning. Oh, so you I, slept in a bit. That's I did good. a little. Nice. Yeah. A little bit. It's so nice to to have someone like I you. I see you every twelve hours. Take now. naps for me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're my sponsor or something. <laughs> Um, well, Jody was born in Santa Monica uh, to a couple of entertainment figures you haven't heard of. And, of course, um, she has just been a, a wonderful person, a wonderful broadcaster. Uh, her From the Bunker podcast is uh, Hoot and Dynamite. But, of course, she's garnered several Telly and Aurora Awards for her efforts, one Emmy nomination so far. But now she is taking over the Stephanie Miller show. And it's so much. It's not fun for you, but it's so much fun for everybody else that's not you. <laughs> and I, I hope that you can at least look like you're having a good time because I, I know they're, they're horrible people. There. They are. They're they're the worst. They're not listening. It's okay. Chris and Stephanie are the worst. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as you know. I know, I know. I mean, that's why you came in this early. This I, I listen. I'm, I'm there to help you and run interference. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Jody, what were you nominated for an Emmy for? Uh, Carol Burnett Showstoppers. What? You worked with Carol Burnett? Yes. <laughs> First of all, you don't look old enough to have worked with Carol Burnett. 
Well, it was Second in 2001, so it wasn't that long ago. So was it was like a special? Yes. Oh my God. 33 I, million people watched it. I know that was an over-the-top reaction, but when someone tells me they worked with an actual legend, I'm oh. very impressed. Liam, I should have sent Liam the, the full bio before we started. Um. Uh, the nepotism was there, but not with my mother, but with my brother. That's true. That's true. Was your brother uh, Har- Harvey Corman? <laughs> no. Uh, my brother is John Hamilton, who is related to my father, Joe Hamilton, who was married to Carol Burnett at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. Who is my mother. Okay. We're going to put a pin in this. <laughs> Wait, Carol Burnett's your mom? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> I'm so sorry. We didn't have time. Honestly- John, John did you just sandbag Here's me? the deal. I love Liam McEnany so much because I just thought, you know what? We, we had, a, we had a, a, a sudden spot in the panel, and I just thought, you know, Liam was here last week, and I'm, I'm sorry. I miss Liam. Well, you Liam. didn't set me up with comedy royalty Leaving last week. Leaving New York. <laughs> Wait till I tell you about Amanda's resume. But I'm like, I miss you so much in Are New York. Are you Mel Brooks's daughter? What's going on? <laughs> Mel's done. I'm Mel Brooks's daughter, um, and 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 so Liam, I've missed so much. And he did the show last week, and it was so great having Liam back on the show again. Now Liam is a critically acclaimed comic and a writer and a producer. He's toured Europe. You've seen him on Showtime and Comedy Central, IFC. He's been on the Howard Stern Wrap Up Show. He's done Marin's show, and he's done. He produced one of the best comedy shows you could go to in New York City on the Lower East Side for years and he had ev- he's had everyone working with him from Janine to Triumph to Gaffigan it's so great to see you Liam welcome back I just learned that Hulk Hogan made a sex tape in his 50s yeah isn't that Adam something man. that you know Some we can do anything it. yeah <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'll give you another one. Uh, Gene Simmons of Kiss made one in his 60s. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did indeed. Yes, he and did. In fact, he'll be here in the next hour to market it. <laughs> if you're a fan of men who wear white undershirts in their sex tape, that's 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 the one We've got for the you. Kiss sex tape for you. It's great. If you're a fan of Kiss, if you like Ace Freely, you're going to really want to buy it. It's only $49.99. <laughs> Am I right wing or am I just Israeli? You don't know. I will now stick out my tongue for the fans at home. Where are my platform shoes? Where are my platform shoes? There's groupies outside. You I need my platform shoes for seventy nine. I need my platform shoes. I need my kiss makeup, and I need forty thousand volts put through me so I can perform with this groupie. Um, Peter Chris's sex tape. That you gotta see. Liam, how are you? Oh, really? <laughs> really? Special cameo by Ace Freely. How, oh. how are you? I'm doing all right. You know, I, I I should have sent you the info. I'm doing a fundraiser this Sunday. If you're in Los Angeles, I am uh, at the Goodnight Bar, uh, it, uh, which is on Burbank. Bank Boulevard, and it's a fundraiser for the Dee Dee Hirsch uh, Foundation for Mental Illness and Suicide Prevention. Oh my God! And I that's know where at that six bar o'clock. Is. Yeah, it's a it's a karaoke oh, it's bar. Oh, six o'clock. I might be able to go. It's a oh, karaoke nice. bar, so I'm being set up for success. But it's it's a really good. There's going to be free wings. I love that you're doing this, courtesy Folks, of Doc's the, Wings. The, I didn't get a chance to tell you who you're on a panel with because Liam was such a last minute booking. I had to yeah. write Chris and say, "Is it too late? Has everyone in New York gone home from the security <laughs> office yet? Can we book, get Liam?" So you came in so last minute. Right, thank right, you. Right. Oh no, no, thanks for having me. I no, love no, I show. fucking sandbagged you. I wanted to, but thank you anyway for coming in last. Last minute. <laughs> Thank you so much. But anyway, I just want to get that plug in. Yeah, before. and who's on the bill? 
I don't know. Okay, well, um, it's a great show. Give it, give karaoke it. Karaoke singers. We'll, we'll plug it. Uh, yeah, you can do karaoke afterwards. So it's cool. yeah, it's a good night bar, uh, six o'clock. I know Burbank exactly Boulevard. where that is. Of all yeah. the groups that should be doing benefits for mental illness yeah. and suicide prevention, <laughs> comedians really should be doing it and, and be the recipients yeah. of it as well. I know the Improv is hosting a Brody Stevens Day next oh. week nice. or the week after. So, um, nice. but I'm not involved with that. So fuck it. Come to the <laughs> very good. I'm come glad. to the good night this Sunday. I'm glad. Now, uh, Bachelorette number two. I, as someone I've admired for a long time, first as a as an actor and then as a terrific person on Twitter, because um, again you get to rediscover. Like Twitter was really it, it taught you which of your celebrities were incredibly cool on politics and which of your celebrities were illiterates who can't spell your correctly. It's really an entertainment <laughs> IQ test. But Amanda Wiss, so many films it would take us days. I mean, literally days to read your 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 IMDb is like an actor's dream. You have been work. I don't know when you sleep because you've been working nonstop, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of you might know her from some films like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, uh, John Cusack's Obsession and Better Off Dead. I'm going to tell him that we got you on the show before him. Um, and of course, uh, my favorite, um, Kevin Costner's love interest that he almost gets killed for in Silverado. But yeah. you've also seen her in everything from Cheers to Highlander to Cagney and Lacey, Quantum Leap, CSI. And it is such a great joy to meet you in person. And I hope I didn't mention any credits you've had in the last five years because there is a strike going on. Welcome. <laughs> Amanda Wiss, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Now, I have to ask you the same question I asked Ron Perlman last night when he came in to speak delicately about the strike. Um, what what can you talk about and what do you not want to talk about? Because well, I know there's it's different rules and every actor interprets rules, it differently. Yes. Like we can talk about credits from the past, but we can't talk about things coming out this year. Yes. And things that are owned by the studios that were picketing. Yes. Which is most of my movies. Everything I've just mentioned. <laughs> yes. What I've what I've just done is I've just become a scab and crossed a picket line by no, saying you can say them. Oh, uh, you can. I can just say mhm. Liam, you see Okay, you see Silverado. Let's talk about Silverado for the next hour. Listen, when we when you're ready to talk about Better Off Dead, uh, <laughs> my wife's favorite movie. I'm a savage Steve Holland fan oh, from I, way back. Now, I can talk about relationships. Get into the mic, honey. I, I can <laughs> talk about relationships. And I love Savage Steve Holland. He is such a dear, talented, amazing, um, creative, and leader on a set. And I love his storytelling. My friend Alicia Brown, who might be listening actually, was on a children's improv show that he produced and directed uh, back in the uh, 80s. Sorry, I'm, I was about to take 10 years off my age. <laughs> Um, Stephanie does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie's 28 now. She's 41. Yeah. 41, that's She's great. She's 41. Okay. All right. But but anyway, so just uh, I heard nothing but great things about him. So it must yeah. have been like amazing to work. He's such an like an imaginative guy. Like all those movies are Is that the one with the with the two dudes who talk like Howard Cosell in the car? One of the funniest <laughs> yes. scenes uh, ever. Just absolutely when they pull up and start busting John Cusack stones. Uh, just <laughs> loved it. I only invited Liam to impress him with who I hang out with, so this exactly. is going great. Finally. <laughs> Not bums like me. Oh, God. I, I, Amanda, I am fascinated because you can't talk about any upcoming projects being released, but I, can you talk about the different like Comic-Cons and Horror-Cons you do? Because it, I, I've seen your calendar, and it looks like you just have the most fun gig when you do those. You know what? It is really fun, and it, it's a great chance to meet the people that enjoy something you do and everyone has a beautiful story about what's how... that like because no one enjoys what i do but it sounds like what you do brings people joy um you know it's sometimes it's overwhelming because i feel a lot of responsibility to 
I really want to take in what people are telling me and um, they'll share these beautiful stories or especially about a movie that we've just mentioned that they that (laughs) people watch it every Christmas and they talk about how it is with their family and or a spookier movie that I did. They talk about (laughs) how that helped them through a crisis in their life. And so they'll they'll share these really intimate stories with me that are like overwhelmingly powerful and I I feel really privileged that I've been chosen to take those stories and be with that person in well, that Well, it's moment. Comic-Con, so it's never a desperate cry for help. Never. <laughs> I know, and it's so funny because it's like such, it's a, this exciting, rambunctious atmosphere, but the the actual meetings are really intimate and revealing, and sometimes it's it's kind of like, next, next, but you're like, oh, the, the, you got to slow down. This person needs a minute. Like, this person, like, I can't send them off. Like, they need, they need, they can't, I I don't know how if they're going to be okay. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just all pause for That's a second. That's like every sexy liberal meet and greet we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it like for you? What's been the experience for you picketing outside these studios that, that you know, gave you some high-profile gigs back when actors were yeah. paid enough to eat? Yeah, that, that owe me residuals. Um, let's talk about that. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's an amazing, it makes me feel like I'm having a tiny bit of say in something that feels out of control or out of my power, out right. of, out of my control and, um, and the camaraderie and I, I, I hope we're making a difference and I like to share the information with people because I, I get a lot of interaction as I'm sure you do on Twitter where yeah. Uh, people feel free to really just uh, attack. By people, you mean cowards yeah. who <laughs> hide their name and face yeah, and go on like, the internet to anonymously try to hurt people. Yes, yes, yes. I get I get called like a see you next Tuesday like ten you times a day. You can say the word on this. Yeah, you're allowed. This is the house that Howard built. So, yeah. <laughs> so I know, I, I'm just like I'm always just surprised. And people like I think that there's a lot of people out there that think that all actors are the top one percent and oh, yeah. not. like I'm a journeyman actor I'm a character actress I, I'm a gig worker basically That's I go it. from job to job and you know some years are better than others exactly the new paradigm that's been brought in has been especially detrimental to gig worker yeah. actors or journeyman actors is what they call non-celebrities non-celebrities <laughs> and um, or the non one percent that yeah. you know and, and I think that um, so when people see like, because they will list what we make, like they'll be like, but you made this amount of money. And I'm like, well, one week and then I didn't work again for eight months. Exactly. You know what That's I mean? how it is. Some years you make a lot of money and yeah. some years you make none. Yeah. And I always tell people acting is wonderful. Being an actor is quite hard. It's a, mostly looking for work. I mean, unless you're and, and I've been so fortunate and I know it's easier for me than a lot of people, but I'm still not in the, you know. Like ever, you know, nobody's sending me the best scripts anymore, or anything like that, and, and that's fine. Sort of. Well, Screw let's, them. let's 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 see. let's see, let's see, <laughs> let's see when the strike lifts. Because there's yeah. one thing I can guarantee: in the year 2025, Amanda, you'll be working, but Donald Trump won't be. Uh, I don't see him being employed. Please right. let from your lips to God's ears. I, I disagree, John. He might be making license plates. That's actually yes. a good point. Good um, point. See, I think he's going to skip town. I think that there is a plane full of suitcases of cash and yeah. maybe one of the children he likes yeah. that's gassed up and, and ready. And, for and I think comes. half the country will think he's ruling in absentia somewhere. Yes. 
I, I that's uh, and you know yeah in Minsk yeah. <laughs> like Napoleon and Elba he'll be yes, exactly you know. and that's where the Trump Presidential Library will be somewhere <laughs> in Moscow in St. Petersburg it's a picture library only it's well just... you know what I would say you know what they're going to do they're going to make it the Presidential Library and Casino he'll yes. be taking these people's money from beyond the yeah. grave I don't yeah. even think he'll use the word library I think it'll just be the no, it'll, it'll be, the, pre- be the, the Presidential Library and Museum for Americans who don't go to libraries or museums or, and yeah it'll yeah. be the, the the library of all books not banned, so there'll be like one well, of all the ones that are not banned. Today, Judge Chutkin, uh, yes. you know, she she set a trap for him. She set she a blabbermouth trap. She's overseeing the case. Which case, you ask? I know there's so many. Let's zone in on the thicket here. This is the one about stealing the election. And today, um, she went to the defense's proposal for a more limited scope of the protective order and said, no, Donald Trump's right to free speech is not absolute. Yep. She's going to have a protective order, meaning that when they get the evidence of the case, Trump, and when he reads who it is that he hired that told the truth about him, he can't go and intimidate witnesses. He can't go talk about it. And to me, on the one hand, it's like, well, can one puny judge have the power to make Trump stop talking? But I think on the bigger level, this is setting a trap because his lawyers know he has no impulse control. And I I said earlier, this is a clown in a dirty van offering Trump candy. Exactly. There's just no way. He's, He's such a bully. Like, he can't not go after in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And I also, so. he, he probably thinks like posting on Parlor or whatever is not technically no, talking. No, it's Truth Central. I'm sorry, Truth Central. <laughs> <laughs> parlor. <laughs> I call it Filth Central, but it works either way. Yeah. It's, oh it's, the, it's the new Parlor. Oh, yeah. I, I, I apologize. I, I have trouble keeping up on it. I know. There's so many right-wing screeds to keep track of that we don't go to. So, do you think that he doesn't... See, like I'm always confused. Is he smart enough to know that all these things are happening, and he plays off that he doesn't know, or do you think he really doesn't? Do you think he's not that bright? Like sometimes I feel like I think all of this can be true at once. Okay, because I like, think for the first time in his life, he is afraid of consequences. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. When a toddler is never told no, and again, his father was a fucking racist monster. His mother was very ill as a child, and he did not have. He really didn't have motherly love. I know did. when you look at the kind of dad he is, you're shocked, right? He didn't have a model, but I think that now when that speech the other night, that flop sweat on him, he is and he's ranting and ranting and ranting, and he knows that it's closing in. Mm-hmm. And he knows even if he becomes president and cancels off the federal indictments, he can't do anything about New York. He can't do anything about Georgia where they have him dead. New York, he can he can weasel out of that one probably. But Georgia, they got him. So yeah. I think we're witnessing him terrified. And this is what it's like to see him in jail. For the first time in his life. I mean, when there wasn't like a strong wind. Yeah, I've seen that, you know. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> or, you know, a syphilis test result or something. Well, but that. yes, yeah. And, and I, I say to everybody who's like, oh, he's never going to jail. I'm like, he's in jail now. This is his prison, watching his empire crumble. Just, he just, can go to jail. I, do you think it'll happen? No. Oh, man, I would like to be the Secret Service person that just is outside the 23 hours that he's in solitary <laughs> yeah. every day. It's the easiest gig on the planet. Will the Secret Service in jail have to join the Aryan gang with Trump to survive? Probably. Okay, well, that makes sense then. Liam, what do you, what do you think? I, I mean, a lot of people are, not, are already saying they're having fatigue from all the indictments, not that me. it's too much, they can't keep track of it all, so, you know, they're confusing this indictment with that indictment. I don't have a problem here. It's starting to feel like a part-time job. It really is. <laughs> It feels like a Marvel show where they're all in connect, interconnected, these different stories. But you have to watch this trial to understand this trial. That's exactly and this character it. appears in two of them. Yeah, the Trump cinematic universe. 
<laughs> the day the day uh, that uh, the day that Jack Smith indicted him, I called my mom and I said, "Oh, well, you know, Trump just got indicted." She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing in Georgia." And I said, "No, no, this no. is a new one." Mm. And she had to go online, find the New York Times website. And uh, you know, and your mom's a judge. And my mom is a <laughs> newly retired judge. So wow. uh, yeah, she should be in the know. She, um, <laughs> but there's so much. It's, I know. It's like keeping up with uh, all the games that the Mets are losing. It's just oh, like, oh, don't even. Like, it's just like so. I exhausting. was there two Saturdays ago. I took my nephew and my son two two weeks ago to. to I still call it Shake. I, I'm I'm dead naming. I'm dead naming the stadium. <laughs> um, it identifies a city field now. It was. Yeah. I have never in my life, even in the early '80s. And late, I've never seen the Mets fans boo the Mets in the oh. home stadium, and they were doing it all night the other night. Yeah, it's crazy. The only time I've seen something like that was I went to Fenway to see Pedro Martinez return as a New York Met for the first time. Ooh, and that would do it. They cheered, they gave him a standing ovation. And then he had a little bit of a meltdown on the mound, and they just booed him for the next eight and a half beautiful, innings. Beautiful. It was amazing. Um, I think the next, by, by two weeks from now, we'll, we'll have had the first Republican debate. It's yes. going to be on the 23rd. I show a day. And um, <laughs> I've been saying for a while that uh, after I'm done watching a show, I'll turn out a debate. Chris Christie will uh, be the star. He will. I agree. He will. He will beat them all up on that stage and he will love it. And he's going to get a big bounce and everyone in the media is going to act surprised about it. And he's going to go nowhere because the base hates him. But here's Chris Christie today because Chris Christie has had it with these motherfucking Trumps on this motherfucking plane. Family Von Trapp. Why does anybody take what he says seriously? He's a child, and I know from people who are in the room that the guy never said anything. No, there was no guy in the audience who yelled out the other name that he called me. Um, he made it up, like he always does. So, you know, look, I'll make it really easy for Donald Trump. You're such a big guy, such a tough guy, so full of it. You want me? I'll be on the stage in Milwaukee two weeks from tonight. I'll be there waiting for you. You be there, I'll be there. <laughs> now, now, objective, now, that's Chris Christie, who says, how can you take this man seriously? The man Chris Christie voted for in 2016 exactly. and helped 2020 and, and did helped. debate prep yeah. playing helped Hillary him. Clinton. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I don't care. I love it. It's L- fun. Turn them on each other. Turn it's them on fun. each other. Yeah. Big bag of rats. Didn't didn't Trump just say, "Oh, well, I don't I I don't think I need to go to that debate." Yeah. Didn't, didn't he just announce he's it? Like, oh, he's not going. He's yeah. terrified. He, he's not going to go. He's not going to sign the deeply legally binding agreement that you'll support whoever the nominee is. <laughs> Super um, legal. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh he and and you know, even Chris Christie called that out as a joke. What's going to happen, I think? Trump's going to watch this. And it's going to be Chris Christie beating up Trump. Mm-hmm. And he's going to see Mike Pence not being called names and Ron DeSantis not being called names. Mm-hmm. And Trump is going to become so seething. He'll be posting the entire. <laughs> We're going to have to join Truth Social to read Trump's posts during the debate. Oh, no, you can just go to Truth Social and forward slash at real Donald Trump. You oh, don't have to join. I don't have to join. No. Oh, that's. Oh, well, I need friends. You Thank sure? you, Travis Bone, for telling me that. Okay. I hope he does one of those TikTok duets where it's just uh, Christie on one side and him on the other. <laughs> I, I, I'm sad he's not going to be at the debate because I want to see Donald Trump on stage with Nikki Haley and with Mike Pence and with everyone who pledged obedience to him. Mm-hmm. And I want to see him berate them for being loyal yeah. to him for all or these years. skulk up behind them and hover and do all kinds of weird, <laughs> creepy stuff. That's the part I want to see. I want to see him creeping out all the oh, other Oh, yeah. <laughs> like like Bush with a German prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> we are at 866-997-4748. We got a lot of calls, by the way. I want to let a few people get in here and talk. Uh, Tony in Las Vegas, welcome. You're on SiriusXM with Amanda and Jody and Liam. Hello. Yeah, oh my God, you guys got me in right away, right? Okay, good. 
Well, you know what Welcome. I was talking about? Hi. Um, yeah. Um, first of all, you got Jackie Schickner in there. I'm a big fan of her. I, I adore oh, yeah. her. I, uh, I love what she's doing. Um, and then yeah. you got Jody in there, too. I love her. Jody's too. here, too. Every woman you know I've I'm... stalked in the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too, uh, except I do it on radio. You know, I. I was up there you go. early enough to hear your uh, fascist weeble joke about the douchiest of the douchiest. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm, I apologize. I was very tired. I said Peter Ducey looks like a, a fascist weeble, uh, a fascist chinless oh weeble. Is well, he kind of does. He's a, yeah. he's a weeble, yeah. That's great. Newt Gingrich looks like a weeble with Fisher-Price person hair, by the way. But <laughs> I was in the shower and I was laughing. Oh, my God. That's how long, you know, that's how deeply indoctrinated. You were in the shower listening to John. Good for you. I'm here to body shame nepotistic journalists, so thank you. Well, it's all about the hair, you know. What do you know? <laughs> are you in the shower now, Tony? I know, Tony, what are you doing? No, no, I'm not. Uh, uh, full disclosure, uh, this whole comment's going to be tequila and my edible. I always time my edible. <laughs> well, if it's tequila and an edible, let's talk about Hunter Biden, Tony. Because is this is this going to blow up in their is it going to blow up in their face, Tony? Is it going to blow up in the Republican Party's face? They finally got what they wanted. and They're already mad. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. When I first heard of it, because um, I I write I write for uh, Rideshare, and I first heard of it, and I thought, uh, you know, let them have their cake. You know. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing. This is going to blow up in their face. They have nothing. Um, uh, uh, this blew up. This is just going to be another whole thing about Hunter Biden that, that, that has not worked out for them along with their cheap-ass uh, whistleblowers and all this yeah. crap that they've, been, that they've been doing. You know, it's, it's just hilarious. I'm, I, I, I always... Uh, uh, Fight, and not fight, but it's it, uh, talk with my uh, conservative uh, friends and family members. Yeah, you don't have to uh, fight with them. You don't, they, they, they can try to fight with you, but you can just take it easy and just say, okay, you don't have to fight. Don't have to yeah. get angry with them. Yeah. How, how do you do it? Yeah, yeah. I, I always tell them, you know, we'll see you next year. You know, we're going to, especially with this whole abortion thing, too. I mean, this whole thing blew up on their face. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, they don't not, want to win elections not, anymore, so it's all right. <laughs> It's it's funny because they're not talking about it anymore. And I, I told I told one of my cousins I told him, uh, what happened to this whole uh, 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 pro life thing and all this thing and, and and they're like no Hunter Biden this Hunter Biden that and, I, and, and you know I'm saying you know uh, uh, that's all you got and then now after today this whole Hunter Biden thing it's gonna go away because that's all they've been talking about. No, no, it's not. It's not going to go away. It's not going away. It's going to stay there doing nothing like it's done for five years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but what are we going to talk about now? What are we going to throw at Joe Biden? It's not going to be the economy. It's not going to be. What are we going to talk about now? Insufficient hatred of insufficient hatred of trans children. Insufficient (laughs) hatred of transgender children. And they're going to nail them on it, baby. (laughs) Tony, thank you. You're a a gentle... I got to go, Tony, but you have a good time operating heavy machinery tonight. I really enjoyed your call. (laughs) Thank you. 866-997. We got to take a commercial break. That was a fast half hour. Back in two. This is Progress. This is SiriusXM Progress. I am joined by a terrific panel. 
Jody Hamilton is here. Comedian Leah McEnany is here. And actor and social media icon Amanda <laughs> Wiss is here, who I've had a crush on forever. It's so nice to have you with us. Russ is working the boards. I've had a crush on Russ for a long time, too. Aww. And uh, Thea and Chris are running this show back from on the East Coast. We're taking your calls at 866-997-4748. Um, really quick, let me go to uh, uh, Stephen in Kentucky. Stephen, welcome. You're on the air. Take off the mute on your phone. Hello? Steven, are you on the veranda with the mint juleps? Is this my old friend, Steven? Can you hear me? This is Steven, Kentucky. I was, yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Steven, call us back. Richie in L.A., thanks for your patience. Hi. Hi, Richie. Yeah. Did I get you at a bad time? (laughs) Sorry. We catch you at a bad time. I'm sorry. He was was just eating the edible. (laughs) I was talking to my roommate in person. I, um... Oh. I want... I only no, communicate I, I with my roommate via Skype at this point. <laughs> and fruit and fruit baskets. We exchange those. Well, no, I was expecting to hear Stephen in Kentucky. I was too, but he was off he, yeah. he was off somewhere. Well, let me tell you, I know something here on the West Coast too, and we and let me tell you, you're, you're confusing I know Liam. people who don't know Stephen Kentucky's voice, but oh, okay. Sorry. It's a very but good anyway, impression. no, I just, just, just actually I know Liam and I know the good night. And Jody's oh, this is my Richie neighbor. the Sea. Yeah. Yes. Hi, how you doing, Richie? Uh, oh, Richie the Sea has an adorable dog. I forget Aww. the dog's name. No, but, she died uh, in she died in October. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, that was almost sorry. a good story. Sorry. 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 I forgive you, oh. Stephen. Stephen. I mean, now uh, Stephanie knew oh. my dog. Oh wow! I brought her to, well. to a KPFK event. Oh wow! In oh, that's cool. 2020. Yeah, Stephanie Aww. doesn't really care for dogs. I mean, she pretends to. But they, we gave her something to humanize her to the public, but in reality, it's... Yeah. Richie, when you said Stephanie knew my dog, I thought you were about to spill a real secret. That's some kind of euphemism with these kids now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that she touched my wiener? Yes, it was a beautiful... Oh, okay. Oh, Richie. Really? Do you have to work so blue? Richie's a comedian, by the way. I know, I love Richie. Richie actually has a brick wall behind him that he stands in front of me when he calls this show and turns it into his own personal open mic. Well, I was going to say, you know, the thing about the Trump indictment happened so much over the, happened so much in these short months, they just seem like the same summer reruns. It's like having Mm. network TV back. Indeed. But I was also, um, Jody, you live in, you also live in North Hollywood. I live North Hollywood adjacent, yes. No, it's, you're, you call it Valley Village. It's North yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, I call it, it Vaginal Hollywood. Village, but whatever. <laughs> Richie, what are the cross streets? I need to know. <laughs> yeah, on, on your Google Earth, where, where do you where do you see Magnolia, Jody? Magnolia and Laurel Canyon. There Let's you go. Thank you very oh, much. I probably walked Social by your house. Numbers while we're at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Holy cow. Yeah, I'm between Laurel Canyon and Wits at two blocks. Richie, do you need her GYN results as well? Anything else we can give you? Because I'm sure I've seen oh, no, you walking about. I'm the window. crazy walking no. lady of Valley Village. So <laughs> There's a bunch of them. The dogs are safe here. Okay. Yeah, but I was going to, oh, when you're done, when yeah. you're done seeing Liam at the good night and you need to get off your buzz, come to the NoHo <laughs> Diner so that we don't know it's open okay. all weekend. And if Rich- you have other jokes you need to work <laughs> out, come okay. there. Everyone, and everyone listening. What? Everyone listening. Know where everybody's going on Saturday? <laughs> Sunday. I love Sunday. the NoHo right. Diner. Richie's you're... saying when you're done feeling good about performing, come to the NoHo. No, come to the NoHo Diner, diner like and then and then say the word Richie really loud, and whoever turns his head, that's who's holding. So we're all set. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll plug it. Richie runs an open mic at the NoHo Diner Friday and Saturday, right, right tonight and Saturday, yeah, or Saturday and Sunday. Right. Wow. At 9 p.m. You turned oh, my guest into your PR guy, Richie. Well done. <laughs> well, well, Do you want to promote any more of Richie's work, Liam? 
Absolutely not. Anything else, Richie's? You want to plug? I've seen his act. I've I've promoted enough. I got to go, Richie, but I thank you very much for the call. Um, Sean Hannity, who I, I, you know, I watch Sean Hannity because I'm a a thinker. Uh, He does a great open mic. So he he actually (laughs) made reference to the sobering vote in Ohio, and he said the fear among many, many conservatives is this will chase away many suburban voters. Literally, they're coming out and saying, hey, you know what? Uh, We're the dog, and we caught the truck, and it's not working out that well for us. I mean, (laughs) even Sean Hannity is saying we've gone too far. I'm asking everyone, will Dobbs, along with Trump's legal woes, get this old man reelected president. I mean, I cannot believe more people turned out. Yeah, more people turned out to vote in the Ohio referendum this week than turned out to vote for governor last year. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I want with every fiber of my being for him to be reelected. But I mean, I I just I have PTSD from Mm-hmm. Our other election, so yeah. I just, I just don't. I, he's so slippery. He's like yeah. Teflon. Like nothing. The whole family are slippery. Yeah, no, they should all be in jail. Can I say that? Not, Is well, that mean? Not Tiffany. I just think they should all. Be. Not, well, not, not Tiffany. Not Tiffany. Not, not Baron. Okay, they, they not can Tiffany stay. And okay, Tiffany and Baron. And, and we can also agree that probably Jared deserves a worse prison than Eric. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, Eric has to be Eric. Why lock him up? Yeah. Just let him out. But like, I also think Ivanka needs to do some time. Ivanka needs to do some time. Yeah. Yeah. Her actual name is Ivana Marie. Ivanka is a nickname. Oh, oh, like little Ivana. It means little Ivana. I, I think, see. Right? So they won't confuse her with her mom, who Trump treated so well. So um, well. Listen to this. Here's here's uh, Mike Pence, who is not hung. He went <laughs> at all, and he's still not even still. A little bit. I'm not even close to being hung, mother. you bastard. Look, mother, do mother. I look hung to you? I'm Mike Pence. I'm fine. I'm running for president. Uh, based on this heckler, at least one person at the Iowa State Fair blames America's woes not on Joe Biden, but on. I'm, this is just porn for the angels. Give a listen to Mike Pence, who's so above it all. He is not a Christian when you say higher power. We don't buy it as believers, Pence. You are far from a Christian. Far from what? Look at that. Yeah. Take a good photo. Right here. This is the winner. And you all know it. Yeah. That guy um, is traitor. No hate like Christian love. Traitor. Oh, my gosh. Okay, now again, uh, uh, the only thing that Trump has in common with Jesus is they both hung out with prostitutes and they both used ghostwriters. Uh, but I, it's still so hilarious to have a fake Christian. And in fairness, Pence is a pretty fake fucking Christian. Oh, absolutely. You know, but yeah. he's more Christian than Donald Trump will ever be. Yeah, I have lawn furniture more Christian than Donald Trump will ever be. So it's I think true. you're right. It's still kind of beautiful. Like, I don't know why he's running, but it's going to be such a pleasure watching all of these people come after him. Yeah. Well, we were watching, Jody and I were watching the news before we came here and somebody walked up behind him and said glad we didn't hang you and i was like can you even say that and not go to jail like you just admitted you were thinking no, of hanging he was, him he was very i'm glad we didn't hang you yeah. we, were, we were going to murder you but we didn't because we're so and nice I was like, but he felt very comfortable saying it on camera Wow. And I was, I thought, wow, they're just like lawless. It's almost it's like, like they're Deadwood. Aim- We're watching Deadwood <laughs> in a political race. Like, yeah, <laughs> except the dialogue's not quite as good. Yeah, it's yeah. snappier dialogue. <laughs> Andy, Andy in California, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Hello, John. Yes, can you hear me now? Oh my God, are you in California? <laughs> I can. Are you yes, related I'm in to Paula Pound? <laughs> What's up, Andy? What's on your mind? 
a, a few days ago, you had a guy on uh, who was talking about having lost his health insurance because of the strike. Yeah. And yeah. Because he hasn't That's been me. working, and also yeah. because he had disability at certain times. Yes, and sir. I went through that once with di- disability. If you have disability, you you get you're allowed to apply for and get credit for forty hours a week towards your health plan, even during the strike. If you're on disability, it doesn't matter. Okay, great. If you can't work because you're disabled, then the Motion Picture Health and Welfare will credit you forty hours a week. It's good to know. Which is most of what people would get working anyway. Yeah, great. Well, so, I hope that's true. Thank you. It it's is in true. Texas, and that's, that okay, was yeah. my big yeah. thing. The only other thing I said uh, I would contribute is uh, the, the the famous person I was most thrilled to work with would be Gene Kelly. You work oh, with Gene Kelly. That's that's wow. Wow. That's he buried amazing. the lead. Wow. That's, he buried the lead. Were you in a film, Shepard? Than anything I've got. It was were you in a film with him? You, you were in Xanadu. Oh, that's so my cool. God. I love that. That's pretty hip. Did you also and work with Olivia Newton-John, sir? Apparently. <laughs> Is she? Yeah, she's in the Yes, right. well, although I don't think I recall talking to her. She was kind no. of, she was sweet and, and a nice person. She was. Wow. Um, she couldn't, she wasn't much of an actor. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I think fifty million Greece fans can't be wrong. Um, Andy, that's incredibly cool, and thank you very much. And and please, good luck to you with the strike. Don't be a stranger. Let us know how you're doing too. Okay. Thank you so much. Stephen in Kentucky is back. Is this a good time for you, Stephen? <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you. Okay. Um, no, I um, am calling this evening. I. I'm sitting here watching Young and the Restless this afternoon, and I get interrupted from this with this Hunter Biden story, of course. You know, all the news going on about this as usual. I called my congressman up this afternoon, and I demanded some answers for this, because to be perfectly (laughs) frank, this man has already been tried. Yes. We've been down this road before, and I asked him, I said, okay, we have global warming going on right now, all these particles in the air that are making people sick and even killing them to a certain degree. We have uh, all this violence going on, and yet these the, the only thing on these insular mines are Hunter Biden. And I hope it I really and I hope that it really does work against every fucking one of them next year. I yes. really do. I hope they lose by a landslide. The de- yes. the White House, the Congress and the Senate. That's what they deserve. I That's am right. sick to death of Donald Trump, his fat ass getting up there and talking about a two-tiered system of justice. Oh please. But you if know Stephen, Stephen, you know why? You you know why they want to impeach Joe Biden, don't you? Because they I don't give a damn why they want to impeach him. Because they want a black woman president. We have more (laughs) pressing matters to deal with. I know, I know, but they just can't wait to have a black woman to be a mixed race woman to be their president from Los Angeles, from LA, everything they love, and that's why they're trying so hard to make you understand that Hunter Biden impacts your life. Well, I hate to break it to them Uh, when you were talking about Mr. Pence just a moment ago. All these people who, you know, I tell you exactly why they're doing all this there it goes back to the whole idea about them thinking about a second coming well i have news for them 
The fact is that humanity, civilization, started in Africa. Let's see how they like that when Jesus does come back, when Boom. Jesus is possibly black. That's right. Let's That's see right. how they like that. I hope every Jesus single is... one of them finally get what's coming to them. He's going to be a brown-skinned man who doesn't speak English and is liberal and has no papers. They're going to ship him to Juarez, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you for calling. And a rabbi, by the way. And a rabbi, by the way, too. Jewish and black. Yeah. Wow. Well, he'll, he'll if you hate him enough, Elon will let you back on Twitter. Um, <laughs> can I ask you guys, has anything inspired you this summer culturally? Have you seen any films or, or, or heard any albums or read any books or, or any theater that is that our listeners should know about that will uplift us during these times of uh, never-ending fuckery? Well, I have to say, from picketing, it got me thinking about... Um, more folk singers and kind of revisiting that beautiful music and listening to um, Woody Guthrie and Arlo Guthrie mm-hmm. yeah. and, and just different music. Um, I mean, even just if anybody just gives a listening into this land is your land, yeah. this land is mine. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful. Oh, that song will still freak out the right people if yes. you hear the second verse. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But th- there's something about like the unity and the. I don't know. There, so I've gotten re inspired by listening to. I love it. Like 70s music and then also, you know, in the the Depression folk era, just of workers and just because that's what I'm in at the moment. Yeah. But um, um, so I just think it's kind of an interesting thing. If people want to go down that rabbit hole, there's some beautiful music that. I I think there should always be a folk revival. And I keep waiting for folk to influence modern rock because why can't why why does only hip hop get to sing about what's going on? I know. I love folk music. And there's so many great modern folk singers right now. And obviously, I can't think of one of their names because I mean, Jason Isbell's a folk singer. He's Americana. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Americana folk is kind of like, you know, too smart for country, but, you know, still in that in that stadium. They have have something to say and that people will have good taste. Uh, Liam, what's what's been turning you on lately? Uh, Well, first of all, Folk singing is a great. Uh, Phil Oaks is appropriate anytime. I love anytime. Phil Oaks. Oh, um, genius! But I, I will say, I've been, I've been uh, making a project of watching uh, Martin Scorsese's lesser loved movies, and uh, bringing I watched, out the dead. Bringing out the dead is a great movie. Okay. I haven't rewatched that yet, but I watched New York, New York this week. Oh, gutsy so call. Um, it is such an interest. I wouldn't say it's good, but I, I would say it. I like it a lot. I like it. I like. They're it. good in it. You yeah, know, there here's. You go. Here's what's interesting about New York, New York, is basically it's his tribute to those old, like, uh, 30s and 40s, like, feel-good movies with music and all that. But he's taken the Jimmy Stewart character and cast it with Robert De Niro, who's, like, intense and angry and frightening. (laughs) Yeah. And it turns it into a horror show. (laughs) And I don't know if I love it, but I will say I enjoyed it, and I really respect what he tried to do with it. Nice. It's no Kundun, but you uh, know. Kundun's next on my list today. Kundun's I watched Last movie. Temptation of Christ. Uh, you, for the oh, first time. Oh, for the first time, first, time first time ever. First time ever. Did that soundtrack Ooh. take you back to the 80s or what? Can I tell you something? I, I was really into the soundtrack, and it's then great. there's a scene where they're marching on, like Jesus is yeah. leading the march on the temple. Yeah. And it's a Peter Gabriel soundtrack, and suddenly it's very synth heavy and triumphant. Synthesizer album. And I was like, what the fuck? I started laughing out loud. <laughs> I bought that on cassette when it came out. It's a great Broke my soundtrack. roommate away. Yeah. I love it. Jody, what's been uh, inspiring you <sighs> I've been tired yeah I know um, but we did I did by the way we talked about it last week um, Tokyo Pop that's right I saw With it on great Tuesday um, at a private screening nice with Yutaka who was her leading man mm-hmm. and the director was there and my mom was there and it was about a hundred of us I love that your sister's movie has gotten a release and I wore the same jacket one of the jackets that she wore 
and Bob Gruen was there. Nice. Um, Is that your sister's movie? Yeah, yeah, Carrie Hamilton. Because it's going to be playing at the Los Feliz. Los Feliz, Feliz right. So <laughs> starts tonight. So I'm going to go see that, like, I think Sunday. <gasps> nice. Joy. Yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a good oh, movie. It's a sweet film. Actually, I take that back. It's playing the same time as The Benefit of Yeah, so oh, there you, you can go. do it Monday. It's <laughs> playing for a whole week. Actually, I'll do it Monday. Okay. It's playing for a whole right. week. And so if you're in Los... And it's playing all over the country and nice. in parts of Canada as well the whole month. Brilliant. So, and that so it kind of just reminded me because Frank Kazui, by the way, was the director of the film. This came out in '88. Mm-hmm. So, Greta Ger- Gerwig and other women directors owe a lot to people like Frank Kazui. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, because she's, she was one of the first directors. And this movie didn't do as well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which she also directed. Mm. The movie? Uh huh. Yeah. That movie didn't do well at all. I loved it, but it was like. Oh, it did. And then it became And then it a spawned series. a TV show that did well. I and she also what, produced that I'm series. I'm just so happy that your sister is. is that her movie is getting this kind of recognition. And thank you to Dolly Parton yes. <laughs> and yeah. my mom for helping to restore the film. And so hopefully it'll get streaming and stuff. So that was kind of inspiring. And then I got to see my dad in a movie. Okay, so there's City for Conquest. Uh-huh. It's a Jimmy Cagney movie mm-hmm. and Ann Sheridan. And my dad and somebody who I, whose son I worked for years later, they played them as children and we could never find it when my dad died. No we way. tried to find it. And TCM just put it out wow. with those scenes. And I got to see my dad at 10 years old. Wow. Jesus. Oh, Amazing. wow. Amazing. How fortunate you are. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, hey, Tyrone in Chicago, I can give you about 20 seconds to make your point up top. Welcome. Uh, hey, how you doing today? Hey, Thank I you, just, sir. I just, want to ask my, I just want to ask my question. Yes. If Trump, if Trump convicted, which he's going to be, because I don't like him no way... But the question I'm asking, can yes. those states, those states, of if, if he's convicted, they take him off the, um, take him off the ballot. That's why I'm I, the secretary I, of I, state. I, thank you, Tyrone. I think they can take him off the ballot. He's already disqualified under the 14th Amendment. Yes. But um, I think if they did, there would be violence in the streets and they would accuse Biden of rigging it. So I don't think you'll see this White House or this DOJ trying to get his name off ballots. What's well, state by state at that point? Yeah. Hey, well, we have a couple minutes. Uh, it's time to play Unpopular Opinions. Um, <laughs> this is where we find out what is the opinion that gets you thrown out of parties. Amanda, I have many. I love the 50th Indiana Jones movie. Uh, Trump will never go to prison and Barbie is better than Oppenheimer. I've got them uh let me ask liam what is your unpopular opinion well uh leading off actually from tyrone and what you just said yes i think not only will trump not see prison i think it would be a terrible thing if he went to prison i think it would be the worst thing for this country i think the best thing for this country is if he got on that private plane with suitcases full of cash and disappeared yeah and kind of just like let his followers flounder behind and kept on posting ha ha i got away for the rest of his life absolutely i think they'll think he's ruling in absentia but well trump in prison is a martyr trump uh escaping to moscow or elba or (laughs) they don't want i love it but i would also be willing to wall off staten island and let trump rule there (laughs) (laughs) and he can be ruler for life Jody, what's your unpopular opinion? Oh, I have so many. I know you do. Oh, Lord, I can't even think of one at this point. Um, Does it have to do with Chris Lavoy? <laughs> I adore Chris Lavoy. He's oh, one minute. One, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I heard some God is talking in my head. That's Chris. Um, the God. other Chris. I, you know, I've already told you I didn't like Seinfeld and there I love go. Hanson. So, and yeah. Amanda, Hold you it. get to close it out. What's your other Oh, I love Hallmark Christmas movies. I live for them. I love it. <laughs> how many have you been in? Um, never been in one. What? I want to be in all Let's of them. That's up. how I want oh. to. I want my career to end. As long end. as you play a woman who has to go back to the town she grew up in, but she's going to get out as soon as possible totally. and not meet a handsome fireman. <laughs> Wearing okay. plaid. Thank you guys for being here. Chris and Thea, thank you. This is SiriusXM Progress. Peace.